that schismatic monk. Episode 87, Tipitaka, Part 26, in which I'll be reciting Sangha di Sessa 10. But first, switch it on over to Mahayana for a minute. I'd like to introduce our special guest, uh, one of the stupas from <clears throat> Boro Budor Temple in Indonesia. As you can see, very nice, very nice. I have no idea what you're seeing because I haven't found video yet and edited it in there. Edited it, edited it, edited it. Yes, very nice. Um, so it is built in a Javanese, no, not Japanese, Javanese Buddhist architectural style. Um, and it was a particular blend of ancestor worship and Mahayana that was happening there that was unique to Indonesia. And did I mention it's, it was the largest Buddhist temple in the world? I uh, certainly am going to want to visit that at some point in this incarnation. I don't like the term bucket list. It just seems, I don't know if uh, everybody knows, kick the bucket is supposed to be like a diminutive, diminutive slang for to die, to kick the bucket. So bucket list means things you want to do before you kick the bucket. All right. You know, uh, maybe there's some kind of empowerment that some people find in being light about death. Sure, but I don't know. When people say, oh yeah, I'm putting that on my bucket list, it just always makes me think, why, you know? So yes, but sometime, sometime in this incarnation, I do want to visit uh, the temple that you just saw. And if you look inside the little holes, you can see, ah, there's the Buddha, Lord Buddha. Um, and uh, yeah. So you might have noticed um, I have a little Dungeons and Dragons mini next to it, uh, the little Viking looking guy with the axe. Why, you might ask? Well, that is in honor of my ancestors. See, tying it in here, ancestor worship, Buddhism. Uh, my, my Dutch ancestors who uh, colonized Indonesia at one point. Um, and no doubt at some point in the 1600s, walked up to that temple and said what the heck is it Edgar? or words to that effect um now their style of dress in the 16s in in the 1600s would have been a little different from uh from this guy but this would have been uh what those what those same ancestors ancestors 
would have been dressed like when this was built. See uh, how it all ties together? Now that would have been before they decided to change tracks entirely and go establish New Amsterdam in the 1620s. Now, I don't know for a fact that that happened. That's the first part. I know for a fact that uh, some of my maternal, paternal, my maternal grandpa, that means my mom's dad's paternal line, uh, goes back to the founders of New Amsterdam, which uh, you may know as New York or New York City. And uh, as they say, Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. You just liked it better that way. No, no, it was because the British took over. But you knew that they might be giants. You guys are like school teachers and stuff. You're just being silly. Oh, it's a cover. No, you didn't write that. Okay. Well, anyway, regardless, regardless. Um, yes, at the very least, the cousins, some cousins of my ancestors were in Indonesia at the time. Regardless, regardless, shall we get to the reading, shall we? What do you think? It's enough, enough levity for this morning. Formal meeting, Sangha di Sessa, 10. At one time, the enlightened one, the Lord, was staying at Rajagaha, in the bamboo grove at the squirrel's feeding place. And then Devadatta came up to Kokalika and to Katamorakatisaka. Katamorakatisaka, you know, Kati. And to the son of Lady Kanda. We've got a lot of names today. So just for, for the moment, just because things get a little silly around here sometimes, um, Sir uh, sir Fisherman, would you mind taking on the role of uh, Kokalika today? That's fine? Yes, yes, you mind, or yes, you, yes, that's fine? I assume that that's fine. Okay, so this is, this is Kokalika, and Kata... Mora Tisaka, that sounds like an intense name. Sir, uh, would you mind? No? Okay. It says Kata Mora Tisaka. And to the son of Lady Kanda, Confucius, sir, master, would you mind taking on the role of the son of uh, Lady Kanda just for today? No? Okay, good. All right can't see my great-grandpa back there. Okay, moving along. Um, and to Samu Dadata. Yes, Samu Dadata. You're going to need to lean on um, Kata Moraka Tisaka because you can't stand up on your own because you're a keychain and your head is much larger than your body. Anyway, quote, Now we, your reverences, will make a schism in the order of the recluse Gautama, a breaking of the concord. End quote. When he had spoken thus, Kokalika said to Davata, mm, 
Devada is the one talking. So Devada came up and said this crazy nonsense to these folks. All right. Quote, Your reverence, the recluse Gautama has great psychic power and great might. How can we make a schism in the order of the recluse Gautama, a breaking of the concord? End quote. Quote, Now we, your reverence, having approached the recluse Gautama, will beg for five items. Quote within quote, we shall say, Lord, the Lord in many ways speaks in praise of desiring little, of being contented, of expunging, open parentheses, evil, closed parentheses, of being punctilious. Edward, look up that word and get back to me. Of what is gracious, of decrease, open parentheses, of the obstruction. Of uh, putting forth energy. Uh, the footnote on putting forth energy is a bunch of numbers and Roman numerals. And so that's, that's no help. Putting forth energy. All right. Lord, these five items are conducive in many ways to desiring little, to contentment, to expunging evil, to being punctilious to what is gracious, to decrease of the obstruction, to putting forth energy. It were good, Lord, if the monks, for as long as life lasted, should be forest dwellers. Should Whoever should betake himself to the neighborhood of a village, sin would, dis, would besmirch him. For as long as life lasts, let them be beggars for alms. Whoever should accept an invitation, sin would besmirch him. For as long as life lasts, let them be wanderers of robes taken from the dust heap. Whoever should accept a robe given by a householder, sin would besmirch him. For as long as life lasts, let them live at the foot of a tree. Whoever should go undercover, sin would besmirch him. For as long as life lasts, let them not eat fish and flesh. Whoever should eat fish and flesh, sin would besmirch him. End quote, within quotes, end quote. Quote, the recluse Gautama will not allow these things when we win over the people by means of these five items, end quote. Quote. It is possible, your reverence, with these five items to make a schism in the order of the recluse Gautama, a breaking of the concord. For, your reverence, people esteem austerity. <laughs> I don't like him. Don't like you, Devatata. I think I've heard about him. Um, all right, let's see where this goes. Then Devatata, together with his friends, went up to the Lord. And having gone up and greeted the Lord, 
he sat down to one side. As he was sitting to one side, that's him over here, blocking the view of Devatata. He's kind of the main, the main villain of the story here, so we're going to need you to... There he is, Devatata, off to one side. As he was sitting to one side, Devatata said to the Lord, quote, Lord, the Lord in many ways speaks in praise of desiring little, Three dots. Who should eat fish or flesh, sin would besmirch him. End quote. Quote, Enough, Devadatta, he said. Quote, Whoever wishes, let him be a forest dweller. Whoever wishes, let him dwell in the neighborhood of a village. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Mr. Rogers. Whoever wishes, let him be a beggar for all. Whoever wishes, let him accept an invitation. Whoever wishes, let him wear rags taken from the dust heap. Whoever wishes, let him accept a householder's robes. Or buy one at a shop in Parma, maybe. For eight months, Devatata, lodging at the foot of a tree is permitted by me. Fish and flesh are pure in respect of three points. If they are not seen heard, or suspected, parentheses, to have been killed for him. Ah, and parentheses. We're getting into that area that we were talking about, that I was talking about a few episodes ago. Then Devatata, thinking, quote, the Lord does not allow these five items, end quote, was joyful and exultant. He rose from his seat, and having greeted the Lord and paid homage to him, keeping on his right side, he departed together with his friends. Good riddance, I'd say. Then Devatata, entering Rajagaha, taught the people by means of the five items. Quote, we, your reverences, having approached the recluse Gautama, begged for five items. Lord, the Lord in various ways speaks in praise of desiring little, three dots. Whoever should eat fish and flesh, sin would besmirch him. End quote. Or no, uh, continuing. End quote within quotes. The recluse Gautama does not allow these, but we live in conformity with these five items. End quote. Then those who were men of no faith, not virtuous, and of poor enlightenment, said, quote, these recluses, sons of the Sakyans, are punctilious and practice the expunging of evil. But the recluse Gautama is luxurious and strives after abundance. Then those who were, end quote, then those who were faithful, virtuous, clever, enlightened people became vexed, annoyed, angry, and said, how can this devatata go forward with a schism of the order of the Lord, with a breaking of the concord? End quote. Then the monks heard these people who were vexed, annoyed, angry. Those who were modest monks were three dots angry and said, quote, How can this devatata go forward with a schism, with a breaking of the concord? End quote. Then these monks told this matter to the Lord. He said, is it true, as is said, 
Devitata. That you went forward with a schism in the order, with a breaking of the concord. It is true, Lord, he said. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked him, saying, How can you, foolish bird, man, how can you, foolish man, go forward with a schism of the order, with a breaking of the concord? It is not foolish man, for the benefit of unbelievers, three dots. Thus, monks, this course of training should be set forth. Whatever monk should go forward with a schism of the order which is harmonious or should persist in taking up some legal question leading to a dissension, that monk should be spoken to thus by the monks. Quote within quotes. Do not, venerable one, go forward with a schism of the order which is harmonious, or persist in taking up some legal question leading to a dissension. Let the venerable one be associated with the order, for the order is harmonious, on friendly terms, not quarrelsome. It dwells comfortably under a single rule. And if that monk after he has been spoken to thus by the monks, should persist, that monk should be admonished up to three times by the monks together concerning his giving up such a course. Should he give it up after being admonished up to three times, this is good. Should he not give up, oh, should he give up, uh, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. Whatever means, it's been a little while, let's hear it. Whatever means, he who on account of his relations, on account of his social standing, on account of his name, on account of his clan, on account of his morals, on account of his dwelling, on account of his field of activity, in parentheses, an elder or a novice or one of middle standing, this is called whatever. Okay, monk means he is a monk because he is a beggar for alms, a monk because he submits to wandering for alms, a monk because he is one who wears the patchwork cloth, a monk by the designation, parentheses of others, and parentheses, a monk on account of his knowledge, <clears throat> excuse me, on account of his acknowledgement, a monk is called, quote, come monk, and parentheses, a monk is endowed with going to the three refugees. A monk is auspicious. A monk is the essential. A monk is a learner. A monk is an adept. A monk means one who is endowed with harmony for the order. The, with the resolution at which the motion is put three times and then followed by the decision with actions parentheses, in accordance with Dhamma and the discipline, and parentheses. With steadfastness, with attributes of a man perfected. Whatever monk is endowed with harmony for the order, with the resolution at which the motion is put three times, and then followed by the decision with actions, parentheses, in accordance with Dhamma and the discipline. I think that's implied, right? Maybe that's what they're saying. Okay, end parentheses. With steadfastness, okay, actions, like not just any old action, like actions that are, anyway. 
with steadfastness and the attributes of a man perfected, this one is a monk as understood in this meaning. Harmonious means an order belonging to the same community is established within the same boundary. Should go forth with a schism means saying, quote, how should these folk be separated? And how should they be separated? How should they be at variance? End quote. Seeking a faction, he gets a group together. A legal question leading to a dissension means the 18 ways of causing a division. Ooh, I look forward to hearing those. Taking up means talking. Leading to means kindling. Should persist means should not give up. That monk means that schismatic monk. By the monks means by other monks. Whoever see, whoever hear, these say, quote, Do not, venerable one, go forward with a schism of the order which is harmonious, nor persist in taking up a legal question leading to a dissension. Let the venerable one be associated with the order. The order, harmonious, on friendly terms, not quarrelsome, dwells comfortably under a single rule. End quote. A second time, they should say, three dots. A third time, they should say, three dots. I'm just going to start saying three dots instead of things. I'll walk up to people. Three dots. Three dots. Oh, three dots. If he gives it up, this is good. If he does not give it up, it is an offense of wrongdoing. If, having heard, they do not speak, there is an offense of wrongdoing. That monk, having been pulled to the middle of the order, they are to say, quote, Do not, venerable one, go forward with a schism of the order, which is harmonious, not, nor persist in taking up a legal question leading to a dissension. Let the venerable one be associated with the order, the order, harmonious, three dots, comfortably under a single rule, end quote. A second time they should say three dots. A third time they should say three dots. If he gives it up, that is good. If he does not give it up, there is an offense of wrongdoing. Okay. That monk should be admonished. Thus, monks should be admonished. The order should be informed by an experienced, competent monk. Quote, Honored sirs, let the order listen to me. This monk so-and-so proceeds with a schism of the order, which is harmonious. He does not give up this course. If it is the right time for the order, let the order admonish this monk. So-and-so, so that he, this monk so-and-so so that he may give up his course. This is the motion. Honored sirs, let the order hear me. This monk so-and-so, three dots, does not give up his course. The order together admonishes the monk so-and-so, and, -so, and uh, that he may give up his course. If it seems good to the venerable ones, together admonishing this monk so-and-so, that he should give up his course, be silent. If it does not seem good, then you should speak. A second time I speak this matter, three dots. A third time I speak this matter, three dots. Then you should speak. It has been said by the order that the monk, so-and-so, should give up his course. 
It seems good to the order, two dots. Thus do I understand. End quote. According to the motion, there is an offense of wrongdoing. According to the two resolutions, there are grave offenses. According to the end of a resolution, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. If he is committing an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order, the offense of wrongdoing according to the motion and the grave offenses according to the two resolutions subside. An offense entailing a formal meeting of the order means the order places him on probation on account of the offense. It sends him back to the beginning. It inflicts the manata discipline. It rehabilitates. It is not many people. It is not one man. Therefore, it is called an offense which in the earlier as well as the later stages requires, requires being in parentheses, a formal meeting of the order. A synonym for this class of offense is a work. Therefore, again, it is called in open parentheses, an offense which in the earlier as well as the later stages requires, end parentheses, a formal meeting of the order. Thank you, me from the past. Thinking a legally valid act to be a legally valid act, he does not give it up. There is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. Being in doubt as to whether it is a legally valid act, he does not give it up. There is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. Thinking an act which is not legally valid to be an act which is legally valid, he does not give it up. There is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. Thinking an act which is legally valid to be an act which is not legally valid, is an, it is an offense of wrongdoing. All right. Being in doubt as to whether it is not a legally valid act, it is an offense of wrongdoing. Not thinking an act which is legally valid to be an act which is not legally valid is an offense of wrongdoing. There is no offense if he has not been admonished, if he gives it up, if he is mad, out of his mind, in pain, or a beginner. Told is the tenth offense entailing a formal meeting of the order, that of a schism in the order. Um, that's Schism. It's a song called Schism. Anyway, um, yes, so that was the tenth offense entailing a Sangha di Sessa, or a formal meeting of the order. And of course we know that shortly after all these rules were given, there were six and then fourteen schisms within a few hundred years, which is uh, why there is such a difference between and and then, uh, yeah, many schisms later, more, more schisms to come. Schism seems to be built into human nature. Um, but yeah, there's always, there's always rules against it. So, 
Um, but it's interesting, the particulars. I mean, the main two that stick in my mind, there were five, right, uh, was good old what's-his-name, who, if I'm not mistaken, is a cousin of the Buddha. I seem to remember reading that somewhere or hearing that. Um, he wanted everybody to be vegetarian. And Lord Buddha said, well, as long as the food wasn't killed for them, then uh, they can eat it. So if he goes around begging and someone gives them their leftovers and it's meat, they can eat it. If they uh, see a lion's kill and the lion has left, they can eat it. Um, but if somebody is like, oh, monk, let me uh, kill a chicken for you and cook it for you, that's a no-no, it seemed to imply by, the, by what was written there. Um, and of course, the monks aren't supposed to kill themselves. I mean, they're not supposed to kill themselves, but they're not supposed to kill animals or have animals killed. So, so yeah, there's uh, a lot of debate between um, vegetarians and uh, non-vegetarian Buddhists. Of course, in this day and age, if you're buying meat at a restaurant, that, that was killed for you. So, yeah, that's one point on the side of the vegetarian argument. Um, but the people who say, oh, surely the Buddha didn't eat meat and um, never would have condoned the eating of meat, are not aware of um, the early scriptures that most accurately reflect the truth of what the Buddha said or did not say more so than things written a thousand years later, right? So um, there it is. Um, and then the other thing was they were saying that they should live only in the woods and never go to the city because there's too much temptation to sin in the city. At Sin City, huh? Um, and, you know, it's like they, they have a point. I mean, on both accounts, a point is made, but that's not what the... Uh, the teachings are that's not what the what the the dharma is that the buddha is setting forth the buddha is allowing for you know sure some people want to just be forest dwellers some people want to dwell in the city so you know you don't have to strictly only do one um you remember you might remember uh the theory that lord buddha was moving away from the more restrictive teachings of mahavir and making uh, the path to enlightenment more accessible by more people to allow for more monks to be on the path uh, to make it less arduous and, and less austere um, less difficult uh, less of a steep climb than it needs to be that it's you know okay the path to enlightenment this is how you get there people want to come along and say yes but you can't do it unless you do this and he's saying you can do that you know like I mean it's strict enough that there's no no sexual intercourse of any kind whatsoever. Uh, the other rules, I mean, no stealing, no murder, no pretending to be more enlightened than you are, those seem perfectly reasonable. Um, as, of course, we know later on, hundreds of years later on, uh, by the time Vajrayana comes around, then you have the phenomenon of the Nyingma, um, you know, path, which doesn't exclude sexual intercourse, um, for the monk, even. So, that seems to be in direct opposition and a lot of people have a lot of fun saying, oh, well, that's not Buddhism. You know, it's like, well, I don't know. I, 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 there's different points of view on that and we'll get to that much later. But for today, no schisming is the rule. 
I was uh, once a part of an order, not a Buddhist order, but uh, there came a time when it was necessary for a group of people to go their own way. Um, and it was, it was justified and necessary. Um, the law of that group was that the leader makes the law. So according to that law, it was against the law. And, uh, and really he was being so inappropriate that what they really wanted to do was to just keep the whole thing together, but kick him out. Um, but you know, people in the community were coming together and saying, oh, a person cannot be kicked out of an order that they founded. Therefore you must go your own way and start a schismatic order. So I don't know. I have I have uh, personal feelings about this, which may have come across in my uh, my tone today. But as far as the audiobook goes, those are the words, except for what was left out by the Polytech Society and replaced by dots. But for the most part, we can figure out what was in those dots. Um, and thank you to Edward from the past for filling in some of the dots with uh, when it wasn't in dots, right? which I believe was all the way from back at the beginning of Parajika, 250-some-odd pages ago. Anybody have any questions? Uh, thank you to great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa um, for, uh, for being our guest today, as well as uh, Lord Buddha in the stupa um, in the style of a Borobudur temple. Thank you for going on this sometimes silly ride with me, exploring the early scriptures of Buddhism. All right, I think that's that's everything. It's a bit of a short one, and uh, next time we'll continue with Sangha di Sessa eleven. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace.